It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. Coming up later in today's Clark Rageous Moment, there's something that we are not doing that's putting our lives on the line. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to ask you to consider doing coming up. And later yet, if you have an aging family member, an aging friend, and they need to be placed in a care facility, it's so impossible to know which ones are safe and provide good care. But there's a new tool you can use, and I'm going to explain it to you and how you can get to it and how you use it. I want to talk right now about the music wars. My son was all over me about why we should be using Apple Music instead of Spotify as a family. We have a Spotify family plan that we pay $15 a month for, and it gets us five different Spotify music streams, where each person has their own playlist, so three bucks a month per person. And he was saying, but th- we should be using this Apple because it gives you the lyrics. Like, uh, he didn't use it, but all I was looking at, oh, this is like karaoke, where as a song's playing, you can watch on your iPhone the lyrics so sometimes you can't quite make out the words that the singer's saying or the band's saying. And so there it is. Who knows? Spotify may do that. And he just didn't know how to look at that. But Spotify is facing competitive market threats from obviously from Apple. Pandora has faded some in the marketplace. And now they face a new threat from Amazon. Amazon continually looks for ways to hook people on being Prime members. And Joel, producer Joel, has been singing the praises, fortunately just in words, not in tunes, <laughs> because do you sing worse or do I sing worse? It's, it'd be an interesting competition awesome. to watch, yeah. Yeah, we could we could do the world's worst singer contest, right? Yeah, I mean, I think we'd be up there. We'd be like, you know, the first episode they ever do did on American Idol. I don't even know if that show's still around, but it was always like the worst contestants. We could totally compete at that level. And I would, I would be the runaway winner for worse. <laughs> but anyway, you forever have been talking about how much you love Amazon Music. Are you still into that, or have you switched to Spotify or Pandora or something? Else? No, I still love Amazon Music. It and it actually it has the same feature where on a lot of songs it'll show you the lyrics as you're as you're listening. So I like Amazon Music. I like that I can kind of download it to my phone and listen on the go. And yeah, so we actually yeah for a long time we we just used the free music service that came with Prime, but we ended up ponying up and paying the the fee uh, the annual fee, and we split it with with a friend. So it's like sixty bucks a year each, and we get six accounts with it. So it's pretty sweet. So in this case, what we've got going on is Amazon's free music service has greatly expanded what it offers. It's ad-supported, and it works a bunch across a bunch of devices, works on Android's iPhones, and it now has tons more music choice than it had before. So they've expanded this greatly because the Amazon pay service 
you and your friend are like the only ones in America using it. It's got like no market <laughs> penetration. So to try to get people to sample Amazon Music, they're way stepping it up for Prime members with the free version and then trying to use that as a gateway to get people to pay for the one you're now paying for. And I'm very disappointed in you, Joel. I've always said that you were cheaper than I am, and you, you've you just gotten soft because you talked about spending $60 a year like you were talking about, yeah, we're spending three cents on this. <laughs> what happened to you? I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. So that's another choice for you when you're looking for a music service. And who wins in all this with the ongoing fight with Pandora, Apple, Amazon, and the champion of all, Spotify, which has around the world, I think, uh, a third of a billion people using it, something like that. It's a huge market that Spotify has. The consumer wins in all this. And maybe someday the artists and composers will win too. So far, not so much for them. Mitch is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Mitch. Hey, Clark. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Certainly. What's up? How can I serve you? Okay. So, um, you know, my wife just became a nurse practitioner, and she just got her first job, and it's actually for a small dermatologist office. Well, first of all, congratulations to her on what she's going to be doing. She's going to be helping so many people as an NP, and it's great that she's gone into the field because the demand for dermatologists to save people's lives from various skin cancers and melanoma, it's just so important that people have access. Super excited about it. I mean, she's been working so hard to do this and going through all the school to get it done, and she's finally made it. So my um, question is, um, she is right now in the training process, and uh, the doctor has um, is trying to figure out if how she, how she can be um, if she should become a contracted employee or if she should just um, uh, she's trying to work out the benefits of it. And we are too. We're just trying to figure out the best way to go around it. So if, she, if you have if she can piggyback on benefits you get from a job, mm-hmm. it may be advantageous for you for her to be an independent contractor she'll be responsible for her own half of social security and the employer half of social security which can get expensive so roughly Mm. 15 percent comes straight off the top 15 plus percent for social security medicare Um, she won't have any rights of an employee if she works as an independent contractor so she's subject to dismissal at any time For the employer, it's a lot cheaper to have her as an independent contractor because the benefit side isn't there and they're avoiding some of the payroll costs they'd have otherwise, like the Social Security and Medicare. So uh, there's there's obvious benefits for her new boss, Mm -hmm. but for her, it's generally a detriment, not a benefit. Okay. Yeah, it's all new to us, and uh, the things that I look up for a contracted employee, it seems kind of complicated, and 
you know, we've never had to deal with something like this. So, so here's yeah. when it here's when it evens the table, okay? Okay. If she gets paid 30% more as an independent contractor than as an employee, then we're even Steven. But if okay. she's offered the same pay as an independent contractor as an employee, she's actually taking a significant pay cut versus being an employee. And he's also mentioned that, you know, maybe he would, you know, supplement her for, let's say, like health insurance or something like that. Is there something, is that possible? Is that something we should put in the contract or so she's like going So referring to independent contractor as someone actually under an employment contract kind of thing, but not as an employee. Gotcha. That's what you're saying, I gather. Yeah, well. It's a lot cleaner. Do, Is she going to need health benefits? Um, not necessarily, because she can, she can jump on my plan. All right. So, was, then, um, so then you've got something you can bargain with. And so you bargain away the health care. You bargain away the other benefits that would come with being an employee. But what needs to come back to her is a fatter paycheck. Gotcha. Gotcha. So there would be a baseline pay that she's worth as a new NP working working for a derm. And so that baseline, she needs to come up from that minimum 20% in equivalent hourly pay for the fact that she's relieving the employer of all those benefits costs and payroll costs. Otherwise, it's just taking advantage of her. Jose is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, how you doing? I'm okay, Clark. Thank you for taking my call. Certainly. How can I be of service with you or for you? Well, I... I have a variable rate loan that I took out in 18, 2018, that at the beginning was uh, Wall Street Journal Prime minus 1.26. Well, that's a great starting point. That was extremely right. low as a teaser. So right. that took that the rate down year. to what, two point something? Uh, 3.24. 3.24. Okay. But it's a variable rate. Where has right. it varied to? Like, where are you today? After one year, now it's 5.56. Yuck. All right. And is yep. this secured by your home? Yes. And is this, it's, does this variable rate loan sit as the first mortgage or a second mortgage of some kind? Uh, I think it's the first mortgage because that's the only mortgage I have. Okay, so that's a rotten deal for you. Um, the only way that would not be a rotten deal is if it's a very low balance loan. I only well, I owe seventy five thousand. That's not a small loan. <laughs> How's your credit standing, Jose? Uh, about I don't know seven twenty or or higher. Okay, that's great. Um, I want you to make sure on that. Have you ever heard me talk about credit karma? Yes. I'd like you to register for a credit karma account and get a real solid feel for what your score is. And are you a member of a credit union by any chance? No. I'd like you to find a credit union in your area and join it. 
The reason is, is credit unions do fixed rate loans uh, as a mortgage for very short periods of time. How long, how many years do you expect it'll take you to pay off that $75,000? Uh, if I pay about 1000 a month, I'm paying $500 extra a month. Okay. So you're looking right now at about seven years or so to pay it off? Yeah. All right. Credit unions do seven and 10-year mortgages at fixed rate. And the fixed rates are really low right now because interest rates with a slowing economy, the interest rates are more favorable now. So I would like you to find a local credit union, um, and if your credit score is in the 700s, you're going to do really well on that. And I'm looking to see sample rates. Seven-year loans are carrying a rate of about 2.875% for people with good credit scores. So you right. would drop your interest rate roughly in half from where it is. Yeah, I see a 2.875. Okay. So go find that credit union, join it kick this loan out of your life and replace it with a credit union seven-year loan and you'll have peace of mind and much more of your money every month will go towards principal rather than interest and that'll be great and with all the extra money you're paying every month you'll probably pay it off quicker than seven years and that'll be great because then you own the place free and clear and isn't that a fun thing right so um Again, find out your credit scores at Credit Karma, find a credit union local, join that thing, get rid of that crummy loan, and save money. That's the prescription. Today's Clark Rageous Moment is about you and me, and something we are not doing that could cause us to injure ourselves terribly or cost us our lives. Now, I was a a person who did not do well in physics. In fact, I was nodding off a lot of times in the two years I took physics. But one day, I was all eyes and ears when our instructor devoted the lesson to what happened to a human who was not seatbelted in a vehicle. And, (laughs) wow, when you see the force that your body goes flying at when a vehicle is suddenly in an accident and you're not wearing a seatbelt, freaky. Well, as we move into the solid part of the Thanksgiving holiday period, then on to Christmas, New Year's, I want you to make sure you do one thing, and that is backseat passengers tend to be much more likely not to wear a seatbelt than front seat passengers. Some mistaken belief that you're okay in the back not wearing a seatbelt, even though you know the danger in the front. But the momentum works the same. And according to the Governor's Highway Safety Association, this is like dead serious. Because of how many people are killed each year not buckling up in the back. Buckle up. Do it. Takes just a second, and you don't go hurtling through the air 
because the flying's not bad. It's the sudden stop that's ugly. You don't want that to be you. So just think about doing that as a change in your life. Here's another thing. People who ride in Ubers and Lyfts typically ride in the back. I have such a motor mouth, I like to ride in the front and talk to the driver. But anyway, people tend to sit in the back and virtually never put on a seatbelt. Stop doing that. Put that seatbelt on. Because the danger you create to yourself or anyone else in the vehicle, including the driver or any other passengers, by not wearing that belt, scary. I'm so glad you're here with us on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website, and ClarkDeals.com, our deal diggers are working literally around the clock through Christmas Eve to bring you up to date on every bargain that we think is worth your time and your wallet to take advantage of this Christmas shopping season. So around the country, episodically, there will be nursing home scandals, assisted living scandals, where uh, residents are being abused, residents are being neglected, Residents die because of poor conditions in a nursing home or assisted living. And here's the truth. When somebody's trying to pick a facility or adult children are trying to help a parent or another relative find a suitable environment to move to when they need more care, it's a shot in the dark. You know, the places will have very good salespeople. They'll have colorful brochures. They'll say all the right emotional trigger words about making you feel comfortable that your loved one is going to be treated well. But what goes on when the visits aren't going on? What goes on the third shift? What's actually happening in those places? Now, there are people that are known as geriatric social workers who you can hire in pretty much any midsize or major market in the country to help with a placement where they evaluate your loved one. And they also know the appropriate facilities to look at. And they know, those geriatric social workers know which places are properly staffed which ones have the right trained personnel on hand, and which ones really do a good job day in and day out. But most people aren't going to find their way to a geriatric social worker, aren't even going to know that exists, and are going to be flying blind trying to pick a place that's suitable for themselves or for a loved one. So there's a new tool from the federal government. It's actually a tool that's existed but was toothless and worthless before that has new capabilities called Nursing Home Compare. And if you do a Google search or whatever search engine you use, you can find your way to Nursing Home Compare. And if there is a nursing home that investigators have found has abuse going on, 
or neglect going on, that nursing home by it will have a red mark of shame. There will be a red icon next to it, and that nursing home essentially is on double secret probation that's not so secret. And they've got to go a full year without any other incidents going on before they lose that red mark of shame. It's using information in the marketplace to help you ferret out a place that might abuse or neglect or harm you or a loved one. And I think this is great because it's tough. I mean, it's tough. I know through the odyssey with my late mom, as her health deteriorated and her dementia increased, finding the right facility with the right care was always a challenge for us. In our case, we hired a geriatric social worker, and it helped so much in us finding the right place. But if that's something that's not in your budget, or you just want a simple tool, again, nursing home compare is where you want to be. And if you do want to do it the way we did it and hire a geriatric care manager, we have an article for you on Clark.com that walks you through how to find such a person. And they're referred to interchangeably as geriatric care managers and geriatric social workers. Our article is titled Geriatric Care Manager. Mark is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Mark. Hey, how you doing? I'm sorry I'm getting over a cold. Oh, I'm sorry. That is no fun at all. How many other people have you made sick so far? Well, I don't know. I work, uh, we're a contractor for the VA, so I don't don't know. I I might have made more people sick. I don't know. Well, I hope you didn't, and I'm glad you're getting better. I'm home off work right now, so I'm not even working today. Okay. Well, how can I serve you? And I'm impressed. You're getting out of bed to talk to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been looking into life insurance. Um, I'm I'm 54 and uh, looking. You know, it's so confusing going through the whole all the rivers of life insurance, and you don't know what to get or any type of thing like that. That's so, because the um, industry wants it to be confusing. Oh, it, it definitely is. Um, I'm uh, like I said, I'm 54, retired military. Thank you for your service. Have you are you a USAA member? Uh, I am, but I don't really use it that much. <clears throat> so that I would sense, suggest I one starting place is to get a quote on level term insurance from USAA. Uh, level term is a product where it has a flat rate for the number of years you buy it for, usually ten to thirty year period. And all it does is in the event of your death, it pays a death benefit to your survivor. No games, no gimmicks, no options. It just, it just pays if you don't make it till the end of that term. And if you do, let's say you live past, let's say you get for 30 years and you live past that. Then, then you get nothing. <laughs> but, but think of the benefit. I mean, that means you made it to 84 in a day. Oh, I have no, I have no illusions of living that long. <laughs> So the the advantage of level term is you're not paying for gimmicks. You're not paying for some kind of supposed savings account or investment account or anything like that. You're just buying death coverage. 
And that should be the purpose of life insurance is to provide for your loved ones. What's your backstory? What's your family situation? Who is it you're trying to protect? Well, I have a 27-year-old and I have a 7-year-old. Okay, that's a pretty good gap. You outran me. My gap is 16 years from oldest to youngest. So, yeah. Beat me by four uh, years here. So, you have an insurable need for normally at 54, I would talk to you about needing insurance till you were at normal retirement age, which should be 10 years. In your case, you need uh, at least 15 years level term, maybe 20 having a seven year old. Let's say 15 yeah. would be a normal cycle because you start looking at buying 20 years at age 54. It's going to get pretty pricey, but if you buy 15 years, it'll be more affordable. Because what you want to do is you okay. want to get your children into adulthood. Yes. And you got yes, one already uh, there, so you're taking care of the other with a 15-year policy. Uh, Clark, what do you know about service group life insurance, like for retirees? I've I've kind of looked into that, but I don't know if you have any knowledge. It's through the military retirees. I don't know if you... I'm not knowledgeable, but the way you'd figure it out is compare the premiums. Well, yeah. yeah. And so with level term, it's really, really easy. So you simply compare like the USAA 15-year level term against I've got a bunch of companies you can check that are on my term life insurance guide on Clark.com. We can get mm-hmm. quotes from multiple companies or even those that don't even require a physical exam because they base their premiums in instant issue based on your medical history that they can access online. And okay. so this is something that, that has confused you. You can actually go from being confused by it to having a policy issued 15 minutes from now. Oh, wow. So it's much easier than the industry would like you to think. Okay, so it's... I, I hear different commercials like select quote and things like that. Or yeah, those are fine. Those you, just, you just put in the 15 years at select quote or any of their competitors, and they'll show you a variety of companies and what they charge uh, per year for a 15-year policy. Okay, so anything like with your USA, uh, like level term insurance, just... Uh, yeah, so you well, can go on, if you remember how to and... sign in your USAA dashboard, you can get a yeah. quote there, or you can call up and talk with a life insurance specialist at USAA and make it clear to them you're only interested in 15-year level term, or if they twist your arm and convince you you should do 20-year and tell you why I'm wrong about 15, that would be fine too. But none of the other junk, nothing, no whole life, no universal life no universal variable life none of that garbage stay away from all of it it's really smells bad karen's with us on the clark howard show hello karen hi clark how are you great thank you karen you have a question about an entirely different kind of insurance yes that i actually have a two-part question um currently i'm I have an account with, I think it's one of your favorite online banks. I don't know if you want me to mention names. Oh, go ahead. Capital One. Okay. And um, they will not let me put our funds in a tr- in our, titled in our trust. Should I, so I have it with my husband and I as a joint account holder with uh, children as beneficiary. So okay. will I have a problem 
um, or will he, my son, he's the beneficiary, would he have a problem with it being titled like that? No, no, because it passes outside of uh, state law, you know, outside probate or anything like that. It's a very simple process when you pass away it going to your son there's um there wouldn't be a tax issue unless you're sitting there with uh massive amounts of money in your name overall like i'm talking about 11 million dollars or more oh (laughs) okay we won't have to worry about that okay so just laying that out there so this is a not this is an uh other than him grieving over the loss of you it's a non-event when that money passes to him Okay, but he wouldn't have any trouble being that it's not titled in the trust. Um, No, not at all. Because an asset titled in your own name has nothing to do with the trust that you've established. And so it would just simply pass from you as a person to him as a person. Okay. Just by being named a beneficiary. You know, this is one of the things that uh, trips people up. 401k plans, um, insurance policies savings accounts like this if you title them with a designated beneficiary that is superior to what you might have in a will or in most trusts okay okay so as long as there's a beneficiary noted on the account that's where the money goes that's where the money goes no problems okay great No problems at all it's really really simple and it will pass easily okay and fdic insurance um, is 250 per person, um, is that correct? Okay, so now we're getting into the big rarefied air again. <laughs> so you have more than a quarter million in Capital One? Yes. All right, so um, the book answer is that if you were to have one savings account in your name, one in your husband's, instantly you have $500,000 of coverage. Okay. And it should pass with no hiccup at all. Um, It also is to your advantage because if there is a period of financial industry instability like last decade, it's a lot Mm -hmm. easier if you've got that kind of money that you have an account at more than one institution. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then it's a much simpler procedure. So you could open an account at another online bank And generally, if you start freaking out about bank safety, you don't put more than two, let's say, 235, 240 in any one institution. So you don't end up as over the years as the money grows towards the quarter million limit, you don't end up over that and losing access to FDIC insurance. These are all good problems for you to have. I know, I know, I know. Well... I thought joint accounts, it would be two people, two times 250. Uh, kind of insurance. I'm trying to remember on that, um, but I have always said just avoid any possibility of all that, yeah. Right, and just have accounts at different places. Yeah. Or individual accounts even at the same place, mm-hmm. and you avoid any possible risk by doing that. I agree. Okay, so, great. You know, there's always a situation where somebody will tell you, yeah, you're okay, everything's fine, and with, um, with a joint account, each person is insured up to 250 under the current regulations, but why push it? 
because you could just be merrily going on with your life and the rules could change and then it's 250 total for an account instead of 250 each. Who wants to mess with that? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at clark.com slash ask. And then several ways it gets handled. One, if you check a box, you might well talk to me. Otherwise, you might have Joel asking your question for you. All right, Clark. Eric has a question. He says, I have three rental properties that are paid for, and I'm putting them in an LLC. I understand that I need to separate the financials for this to protect the purpose of the LLC and not mix the money. Can I get a personal credit card for the sole purpose of the business in this regard, or does it have to be a business account as well? I'm just looking to get the best bang for my buck. He says, in addition, I have two other rental properties that are mortgaged and cannot go into the LLC. Is an umbrella policy the best idea for those? Okay, we got to talk. You want three LLCs. You don't set up one. If you go to a real estate investors meeting in your area, you know, there are these uh, local real estate investors groups all over the country. There will be lots of lawyers there who do what's called a single issue or single property LLCs. Because the purpose of doing the limited liability company is to protect you from liability, but also by putting each one in its own LLC. If something happened terrible at one property, only that one is at risk. But if you have three together in one LLC, all three are at risk from a liability event. So you need to do that. You can take any credit card. You'll be personally liable for it. But you can take any credit card and make it for exclusive use of the rental properties in the LLC and have it as an expense of the LLC to pay the bill. It doesn't have to be a corporate or a business credit card. In fact, it's better that it not be because you have vastly superior consumer protections with a consumer credit card than you do with a business or corporate card. So continued success to you with your five rental properties. That's really great. You're building extreme long-term wealth for yourself, especially with three already paid for in full. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.